This is The Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching The Hunted. I'm Van Velding, and I have been watching Star Trek The Next Generation since it originally aired. I'm Derek. This is my first time watching Star Trek The Next Generation. You ready? Yep. And three, two, one, engage. Got a nice, um, we're going to have a nice matte painting of the external of the city here. So I think this is one of those episodes where the aliens don't have any, any stuff. They're just people. Yeah, I don't like those episodes. I do like the, that we get to see the city, though. That's kind of good. Yeah. It's, it's very coppery. Yeah. So, <laughs> number one. Does this guy from Akamar look a little bit like Zephram Cochran? Oh, I wouldn't know, sir. I think sometimes people just look alike. <laughs> Should we have a story where we talk about it and address it? No, sir, that'd just be bad storytelling. <laughs> sometimes a production just hires the same guy twice. In all fairness, he does have a mustache. I was kind of true, hoping that all of these aliens had mustaches. Like, that was their thing. <laughs> oh, apparently these sweaters, I think, are the sweaters from the motion picture. Okay. Where they got the red shirts with the little white oh, things. Oh, yeah. Did they just dye them or something? Or... I guess they did. Um, so, um, there's no women, though. I would love it if like, the women also had mustaches. Just everyone has a mustache. Yeah. Dogs have mustaches. We talking... The plants have mustaches. Just everywhere. I like that they have formal one, formal suit ones. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's their cultural Okay, thing. the irony is that there are literal tech people making six-figure salaries in Silicon Valley that wear onesies. Like, they look like suits, but they're really onesies. It's... How do you deal with the wedgies? <laughs> I don't know. Onesies don't know. are they're just, for wedgies. They're just the worst. Just, Silicon Valley is just full of ideas that occasionally strike gold. I mean, I love it. I mean, look at these lapels. Look at that collar. Yeah. That's, that's a hell of a nice onesie. It, the problem <laughs> is when you pan down and then occasionally yeah. a human will bend over. Yeah. So unless you like separate the back of the onesie, yeah. like have a seam along the hip and then like they're spandex. So like when you bend over, it stretches. Up. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's an escaped prisoner. He's going to kill everyone. Yeah, and that kind of weird? I thought, like, they're not supposed to intervene. Um, but I guess this is okay because they're applying for Federation or they're, like, they're being requested for assistance. And so they're doing a thing. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that, that's my impression. Okay. That they, this is a spacefaring civilization, if incompetently. And yeah. they are requesting help directly. So, yeah. and we get a good, this is a whole set of just conflicts. Subdued conflict. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like how they definitely set up this whole like, yeah, no, man, um, we got this. Uh, we are just the the super competent tech to the nine guys that are gonna take this guy in. No problems. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, asteroids are like super dense. You just can't. Yeah. yeah. You can't see what's on the other side. So, but you know, their, their sensors move at the speed of plot. But yeah. I like that in this episode, my thesis is is that Rogue Dinar is a player character, and these guys are just the NPCs. <laughs> yeah. That seems accurate. As um, so, I love how um, I love how Worf just then um, is scanning for life signs in anticipation of what Data's going to ask. You know, it showcases yeah. uh, he's competent at his job. Yeah, and it's uh, Data in command. Yeah, for sure. Which we don't see a lot of. So, it's interesting I, um, that he like says that they eluded us because we're kind of led to believe that he blew up, right? So, but at the same time, we couldn't detect him, so we don't know what happened. Right. But he he went so on the, the side of caution and said, "Okay, he eluded us." Versus now nah, he's dead. We're, we don't have a body. <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah. 
they, they do make a couple of assumptions here. Again, as fitting for antagonists in a, uh, a role-playing game. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the, the thing is, is that uh, Rogadinar is a clever guy. He's going to do some clever things. Lieutenant Zach um, Morris, you mean. <laughs> so... Um, so it's it's a pretty cool episode. It's about veterans, of course. Yeah, I was kind of curious um, about when this aired because uh, this this definitely seemed like you could be talking about um, people coming home from Vietnam. Um, you could talk about maybe Desert Storm if this aired in the '90s, sometime late '90s, maybe. This is uh, 1990. Oh yeah, uh, so Desert it Storm. is. I believe that is before Desert, Desert Storm, Storm. Yeah, Storm and Shield hadn't happened yet. So. I mean, it may have been part of the lead-up. I don't remember that well. Yeah. I was in the fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. But uh, we, anyway. We were following yeah. it because Dad was in the military, so we, we wanted to know if he was going to get deployed or not. I, I had an uncle in the military, but then also I was I was in school in Texas, so like we'd have events where we'd just write letters to troops and stuff. Oh, okay. So, Weird. Um, yeah, it's, it's a nice thing to do. In theory. So, I mean, <laughs> for you, all that, though, did, did you want a, 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 your boot camp and some rando fifth grader said, I hope things are okay? Like, I mean, I guess. I'm, I'm happy that you thought of me. <laughs> uh, so I hope you kill the bad guys, shoot them all. So, but the deal is, like, during that time, you had the yellow ribbon, um, which was. Support the troops yeah. because yeah. reasons. I think that was our first. I mean, we. I think we'd gone to like Nicaragua and stuff, but um, I think that was our first military operation since Vietnam. Yeah, major and we, we definitely had we definitely had some kind of engagements and skirmishes in. Um, right. Oh man, in like South Africa, and South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, this is the first major one. So everyone's like, "Hey, look, guys, we've kind of reassessed with Vietnam." In that it's stupid to, to go to war in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, like, that was bad. But then also, like, we we sort of treated the troops bad. Like, when you yell yeah. at, a, at a McDonald's cashier because of McDonald's policies. Yeah. Or, like, like, you kick a dog nothing barking, to do with the like, policy. No, dogs bark. Like, you just, that's part of their thing. Like, you just don't kick them for that. Yeah, so, so the deal is that, that troops took a lot of heat for anti-war sentiment, and that was bad. And then they were treated poorly when they got back home. Yeah. So Star Trek's trying to say, hey, that's bad. And it is. So. And we still have it. You know, we're, we're, we're almost, we're, we're approaching the year 2020 to date this. And um, we still do this. We still send people off to shoot other people. And then when we come back, we get mad at them. And we don't give them the resources or the acclimation that they need to, to come back home and be who they used to be. Um, and that's bad on us, especially since we are a society of warmongers, essentially. Um, so, so that's Rogadinar's deal, and of course, they use they use the sci-fi palette to heighten that. Yeah, where it's like, hey, look, instead of being trained and experiencing things and having psychological damage, he has been chemically and psychologically altered right. to be the perfect soldier, yeah. and they show you what that is. Yeah, they, uh, this is kind it, of like some proto Jason Bourne stuff. It's good. Um, kind of reminds me of I don't remember when it was, but Universal Soldier with uh, Kurt Russell. Uh, Russell, yeah, I can remember his last name. Yeah, which was I've also never seen good. Universal Soldier. But, it's good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I it reminds me of something else that's not Jason Bourne and not Batman. But, <laughs> yeah, basically, like oh no, not he, especially he, not the Batman of the nineties. <laughs> 
because he leans so heavily on kind of knowing how things work. Yeah, knowledge. MacGyver-ish? Um, I mean, he's kind of MacGyver-ish. He just doesn't, uh, he doesn't like rig things up, but he just, he yeah. knows stuff. Like MacGyver kind of rigged things up and knows things. Like that's how he wins. Right. And he's sort of a combination of all those characters. But I think Jason Bourne is the most apt. Yeah. Uh, where he's, we see how he thinks so differently. How yeah. every action Rogadinar takes in these two scenes, where it's Rogadinar versus the Enterprise, yeah. and he kind of owns them, yeah. um, is about how he thinks and how he sees yeah. things. So this scene we're about to watch is pretty good. On one hand, I kind of like how he's keeping him in stasis. I always talk about like memory banks, right? Like, does the yeah. does the uh, teleporter have like a memory bank, and if so, like how many humans can you keep stored in the memory bank? <laughs> I mean, we're yeah. seeing one now. And you, you wonder if he can, like, look out or not. Like, it, he was in stasis. Um, yeah. But here we have a fight. Okay, so we've seen this kind of stuff before. Like, taking phaser shots, the guy's still going. Um, yeah. But what's interesting here is that we are about to... Great arm lock from O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, for great. sure. Um, <laughs> is that an arm bar? I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's an arm bar. Um, okay. And uh, he's, we're about to get, like, another arm bar, too, which is... <laughs> Look at this. This fight spills over into the hall. We don't get a fadeaway yeah. here. And that's some interesting cinematography that I haven't really... I can't remember ever seeing before. Um, yeah. The, the other interesting bit about this fight scene that we're going to watch is that here's O'Brien taking a hit. Like, that is a main yeah. character taking a hit um, where the antagonist, like, we're, fired back. We're finally acting quickly I enough. know, right? Like I'm, I'm so I would have been so upset if Riker pushed Worf out of the way. Oh man, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like how they just so, kind of dogpile on me here, like rah, 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 rah. <laughs> like. Rogadinar loves those overhead flips. Yeah. Oh yeah, Love for it. sure. And um, this isn't great choreography, but this is good for Star Trek. This is this is a, a different yeah. level for Star Trek. Boop. I like how Worf is kind of like I'm about to stun you in the face. <laughs> Like, like he puts the he sets the phaser in front of his eyes and you kind of get this impression that he's about to like in his head just <laughs> like imagine if you just had like a variable phaser setting like like an actual taser and you just yeah. you just showed the dude full power and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so um so yeah no it's a good fight scene and again I I had noticed it before where you know they they had that direct transition from one room to another yeah. which you know like. The lower decks from the transporter, engineering, sick bay, that's all one set. Yeah. Um, but you, def- you never get that impression. Part of that's obviously the mystery of, of cinema. Yeah. But, you know, here is they're leveraging that. Right. They're leveraging that to give you a bigger scope of the Yeah, and the fight, the fight seems larger. It feels less like this contained, you know, scuffle in a room and like kind of a ballroom brawl that spills out into the streets. Like that was the kind of the vibe that you get you know it's very reminiscent of the old kind of westerns where you had this big fight this big set and a big fight and yeah. then it just spills out and then the fight continues you, you don't have to say big westerns you can say blazing saddles okay oh, well, I just, you can go full blazing saddles fight scene some people one. i'm getting into a generation now that may not know the things that i'm aware of anymore <laughs> yeah but no it's great it's like he jumps off and they just like fight through the transporter room and down that little hallway yeah. and into the turbo lift and then <laughs> yeah. from the other turbo just lift and gives you a tour to of engineering. the <laughs> like Luaxan is there with a picnic basket places you've never seen before hey look this is uh oh man I forgot his name Zulu this hey this is Zulu's old uh, botany place cool <laughs> yeah old sets from the yeah, old, yeah just <laughs> going back in time without really saying anything <laughs> oh hey yeah. Kirk boom 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 
hey, and, and we're talking over, we said we would lay off Deanna being useless, but here she's useful. She's rather useful. Yeah, yeah, she's she's using her senses. So, I mean, and this is interesting. So here you have a dude that they can't track. Yeah. But we're being introduced that, hey, Deanna's powers still work. Like she can still tell like what this dude's feeling and that kind right. of stuff. Um, they don't utilize her as well as they could have, um, yeah. but... I can see why not, like you know, because oh, this is like a combat-heavy thing, and I can totally see records are like, "Oh, Diana, I love you so much, anxiety, blah blah blah. Don't get in trouble." Okay. Um, um, so, but the deal is because she's useful because Rogue Dinar is—he has layers, yeah. right? He has these defenses, and he—he he is resigned to what's happening. Yeah. And I usually complain when Deanna's like, "Oh, I'm going to tell you the characteristics of this person." Um, but in reality, one, how cool is this brig? Oh, yeah, uh, it's cool. And I like also, too, that he's kind of like testing the water. Like you get this sense of like a kind of an escape artist sort of feel because he's looking to see what he can and can't do. Yeah. Like almost absentmindedly because he's still having a conversation with Troy. Yeah. And it's good. Again, like Rogadinar is so well characterized in terms of um, like his character and what he's been programmed to do and how much... Like, there has to be humanity there, and then there has to be uh, yeah. the, the machine part of yeah, it. Yeah, because if he's too shallow, then nobody cares. He's just, like, some shallow dude, and your, your story doesn't land. You know, but yeah. if he's conflicted about the things that he's done, but he still does not hesitate to do them, then you're wondering, like, wait, why? Why, why is there that dichotomy there? It shouldn't be. Right. And there's, you know, sometimes it's lazy, and sometimes it's not. And maybe I'm being completely unobjective whenever I divide when using Troy to characterize people that way is good and when it's bad. Yeah. I think it's good here. Um, it's an action-heavy episode. They wanted more action. And given that, Deanna speeds Rogadinar's characterization along. Well, and well. it's not it's not what they do, it's how they do it, I feel. You know, so it's when it's when she does a thing and that's all she does. Like she's like, hey, I'm yeah. characterizing you. Alright, we're done. Everyone roll it up. Whereas when she exposits, yeah, but she's going to exposit here, and we're going to continue to learn things about Rogan Nadar. Like it's not going to stop there, and so that's when it feels <laughs> useful because we don't learn everything we need to know about him right now. You know, Deanna's going to go do some investigating. You know, we're going to hear some things from Crusha about chemicals and stuff. Um, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to learn these things and then kind of come back to him. He's going to tell us about other stuff that's happened, and that all kind of goes to the depth. Um, I love that he has like this weird brand thing that is obviously makeup. It kind of makes him look like, like he's whole, like he's got some style from the eighties. Like he's doing like just some makeup. Like yeah. that's not a brand thing. That's just makeup that he likes. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. but again, it helps remind you that there's something artificial about it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't, I don't bring it up a lot except every three episodes or so. But he is there's most dudes on Star Trek are dogs, and Rogue Dinar actually has it kind of going on. Yeah, but, and he's a um, handsome dude. He's a handsome dude for sure. Yep. And he pulls off he pulls off the '90s ruggedness as well as everyone else in the '90s yeah, wanted to pull yeah, off '90s yeah, ruggedness. Yeah. So, so um, I, I often I've wonder if there's kind of like this special mixture makeup artists have of like it's like the ruggedness soup, where this like part <laughs> spray tans, part lotion. Like it, it 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 can't just be like a five o'clock shadow. You also have to have like this yeah. kind of mixture of sweat and dirt. You know what I mean? You, you got to work with the right canvas. Yeah. So, um, but like, just the right. it's just it, every time you see that look, it's always just kind of uh, underneath this veneer of like kind of sexy looking grime, I guess. <laughs> and you're like, that's weird. And so Deanna says, hey, um, 
you know, there's something about him that isn't criminal. He's a guy who's done violent things, but he's not And violent. Picard's just myth that, like, his ship's messed up. It's like, I don't care who he is. That, that dude's gone. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah. glad to see him gone. I'm done with him. But he clearly is a threat. Rogue yeah. Dinar is a and threat. And let's not forget, the reason why we have, on the Enterprise, have differing, like, our feelings change about Rogue Dinar is because of Troy. Troy is the yeah. very reason this is happening. Because if Troy said, oh, well, and just got high in our office, um, they just turn him in and that would be over. But she's doing some investigation mm-hmm. here and she uncovers some inconsistencies that lead to the, pl- like, like, that move the plot along. Yeah. And, um, again, it's just a great use of Troy. I mean, not a great use. It's a good use of yeah, Troy. Yeah, it could the be, kind of it could be better use. Yeah, like, I, so. I'd i be fine with getting a use like this every so often if if we got, like, if it was the low points of the high points of really utilizing Troy well. But, but let's talk about Data being in this plot, because Data is injected into the middle of this plot for no reason I can discern. Um, no, he's he's back. Uh, Roby Dinar's programmed, and so is Data, which is so dumb, but whatever. <laughs> it seems... I get that link, and maybe it's just me saying, nah, it doesn't land. But it seems think, like no, Worf would be better for this. Yeah. Even if... Yeah, oh yeah, for If sure. Rogue is like, yeah, no, I worked in six campaigns, burned down a village, terrible stuff with kids, killed all the younglings. And Worf was like, yeah, that's great. I um, I lost my parents. Fight some monsters in the holodeck. <laughs> yeah, super yeah. cool. Uh, totally if you want to work out sometime, I have like a, a little, a, a new simulation that I've been testing. And uh, <laughs> I don't think any human could take it. So, you know... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can take it, obviously, but, like, maybe you could, too, if you want to hang out. <laughs> there, there was that time the the Borg attacked us, and I fired those torpedoes once, and it was cool, and then fired them again, it didn't do anything. <laughs> Hashtag warriors. Yeah. Hashtag warriors. Yeah. Just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. But, um, but, you know, I mean, maybe, you could talk there about, like, the idea of violence versus the reality of it, yeah. and Rogue is like, ah, I'm not really, I don't think this is cool, because Cleons think it's cool. Cleons yeah. loved it. Did you have to learn it? Did you have to learn these skills? Or were they just impregnated in your mind and you can't not do them? <laughs> yeah. And you could talk about a little bit about Cleon culture and how, how much they glorify war and say, hey, isn't it weird the Federation's friends with these guys or whatever? Yeah. Um, it's like, hey, look, in Cleon culture, oh, what did you do? You pushed over a shopping cart and yelled at a lady? Well, that's fine. In Cleon culture, that's that's like plus one honor. Yeah, yeah. Great. That's like being damn right nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Now everybody's here so we can have a standard Yeah, so Troy's like, no, I found some legit cool things, guys. Listen up. Look, we got donuts in the Arboretum, so we're all going (laughs) to go to the Arboretum after this. So just make it quick, Troy. Donuts. (laughs) I wonder if it's kind of like, um, hey, guys, we're celebrating a birthday in, like, the conference room. Ooh, birthday cake. And everyone comes in and is like, not that I have you all here. (laughs) Damn it, Troy, (laughs) he's gotten us again. It's it's Ensign Morris's birthday. We gotta <laughs> there's cake. There's cake in security, yeah. so we gotta right after this. So we get some stuff from Crusher here. He's got some super yeah. chemicals that make him do crazy stuff. Um, and then we get some programming and, and backstory from Troy here. Uh, two women moving the plot along um, for once. Mm-hmm. I mean that's something. And Troy says, Hey yeah, it's PTSD. Like we're gonna like it's but it's PTSD. Yeah. Crusher? Oh yeah, it's definitely space PTSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so. a little it's a little space magic thrown in. Um, little space technology. Yeah. And just saying, hey, look, if we could sense this guy, this would be a much easier episode. <laughs> so it's, he's made of wood. It's a sonic screwdriver. If Whatever, only, if on. only we on. had someone with a special skill of sensing people <laughs> through their emotions, not through electronics. God. Yeah. Oh, what do I give for a, 
for a crew member like that. Troy, what are you doing here? <laughs> I can picture Troy planking, and then Worf like has her tucked under one arm and supporting supporting your stomach with the other. Just <laughs> yeah, like, like he's just like pointing her everywhere. <laughs> what do you see? I can walk on my own. Tell me what you see, Tool. He's on deck seven. <laughs> Fine. So yeah, but it gives us like a really good scene. Yeah. So. And this is kind Again. of dumb, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Like, I get what you're saying here. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't buy it. Uh, I think like, that it would have been more interesting if someone else was there besides Yeah, Data. I mean... It didn't have to uh, be Warp. Data is the one who anticipates Rogodinar's moves. Yeah. Um, but, like, Riker is your specialist in, like, weirdo combat. Like, Riker is your guy who's, like... Yeah, he Riker's always doing like really clever. Oh yeah, he has that weird maneuvers. like Japanese sport with his dad. He does like stuff with Worf. Okay, I can see that. They've mentioned his tactics in previous episodes of fighting unconventionally. Okay, uh, we've seen him do like some unconventional tactics instead of just you know shooting because, people uh, because he plays poker. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he's a roguish guy oh, who bluff. gambles and yeah. like his he would be totally at home on like an underdog ship fighting against like a big like. Empire yeah. is that character, yeah. but the thing is, he's on the big ship from the Empire. Yeah, yeah. Um, from the really, you know, in this in this scenario, they are the Empire. They're the bad guys yeah. for Rogadinov. I mean, and I don't say this often. Um, I would totally like if you just give if you step up Troy's writing to where her writing's on par with the lines that you give Riker, and her her skills are on par with the skills you give Riker. I would totally wouldn't mind this episode being. A Troy and Riker buddy cop like figure out the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they do the good cop bad cop thing. Maybe I just really want to see a uh, good cop bad cop with Troy the bad cop. <laughs> Maybe that's really because this is the second time that's I bring great. it up, but I feel like it would have been awesome. I, I wanted that out of the last movie, but that doesn't matter right now because <laughs> we're getting my favorite part of these episodes. Uh-huh. The part where Picard goes, "So this thing that you're doing, I think it's slightly immoral. Yeah. The Federation doesn't approve, and it could have negative consequences for you." And then the planet goes, ta, no, prime directive, cuck. And they just, Enterprise out. <laughs> yeah. Planet out, I'm sorry. And yeah. Picard's like, but uh, uh, fine, I'll just wait here. I and mean, ten minutes later, oh my God, Picard, the consequences of our actions. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if you know this, but um, this happens to me a lot. And so um, yeah. I kind of called this. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, uh, we're, we're not going to help you. We're just we're just going to find your planet's equivalent of Mount Rushmore yeah. and just use our phasers to carve the phrase Picard told you so. <laughs> and then I mean I think and it's funny too because I mean I know there are times when like they break uh they break the prime directive but you almost kind of feel yeah. like when when an NPC invokes a prime directive that's guaranteed that same NPC is <laughs> going to want them to break the prime directive he's like nope Picard's like Picard walks onto the bridge. All right, so they provoked the non-interference directive. <laughs> Who's got the pool? <laughs> Five minutes, two days. <laughs> ah, Mister Wolf for forty-five minutes. A bold bet. Uh, I've been so, studying uh, your previous encounters, Captain. Very good, Wolf. Very good, Mister Wolf. Yeah, I find most of these things blow up in the first yeah. forty-five minutes. It's weird, but it happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> we usually get a resolution in forty-five minutes. Is all I'm saying. Um, so this is interesting how he talks about the, the being able to kill 84 dudes, but also remembering killing 84 dudes. And so, um, the, gotta get XP. the teenager, get XP. the teenager minded amongst us, the people who just buy into the power fantasy of like military or combat or whatever, 
um, yeah. will not be happy to know that killing a person, uh, regardless of how you feel about that person, has um, consequences to your mind. Like you can't, if, if you have any sort of empathy at all, if you had a normal upbringing, um, you're, that's going to affect you in a way that's gonna is going to feel real and tragic. You know, some people cope with things differently. And that's what he's alluding to here. What he's saying, you know, I kill eight four people and I can remember their faces. He's saying, look, there's not, it isn't just all, you know, feeling like a badass. There are consequences. I've had to, I've had to spend a currency and I have to live with my debt. And so, I can't and get rid of these 84 faces. And that's Picard being, um, you know, kind of being honorable in his own way. Yeah, yeah. Like without, it's kind of like the bureaucrat meets Picard, the soldier. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that's the deal is that they, they programmed him to be more efficient at killing. He probably remembers those things yeah. because he has an eidetic memory. Right. Because that makes him a good soldier. But as a human, uh, it is it is torturous for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, the, the, supposedly, I don't know how true it is, but supposedly there's kind of like this, these supposedly there are these numbers somewhere that like in Vietnam um, and they, they, they calculated like the fire shot, like how much ammo was expended in certain uh, engagements in World War II and in Vietnam and in Korea. And in World War II, it was shown that people would fire often, but they wouldn't hit anything. Yeah. Supposedly. I, I don't know. So, I don't know how legit those rumors are, but the notion it that is good. It's interesting here that Rogadinar links, um, this very non-threatening, pleasant imprisonment with a threat to his life. Yeah. Um, and he has a violent response to what is a non-violent form of oppression and, and justice. Well, and it also kind of alludes to, and I don't think it was intentional, you know, but one of the worst things you can do to a person is put them in solitary. Uh, we're social animals, and not, not very many people can survive solitary um, with, like, with a head screwed on right. And yeah. so that kind of is what he's saying is like, hey, you're you're removing us from our home and just exiling us, um, and we that's all we don't want. That that's the only thing we don't want is to be ignored. All right, they're doing a really cool site to site transport here. Yeah, it's like um, count. He's like, I just, oh, it's only going to be okay for one second, and then it's like cue to one second it not working. I thought he was going to sprint out there for half a second. I really want Ensign Zach Morris to stop time what here is this? <laughs> and say. Yeah, all right, so we just learned 10 things about the transporter. <laughs> yeah, and yeah exactly. Like, he just walks in. It's like, all right, you know, things are a little confusing here. Let me go over what just happened here. So what I did... <laughs> we, we like this episode, but um, it has some conceits. Like, yeah. the Angosians just don't want to research it. Yeah. They're like, we researched it. We didn't do any tests yeah, or anything. even though they're, like, super intelligent and we love to research things, they just don't want to research this for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, it wasn't in the budget. Yeah. So it's like, eh, but then whatever. And then this... The bullshit. The bullshit where Rogadinar does f***ing yoga and like Tai Chi, and he gets out of a transport. He uses his like, chi to counteract the transport, dude. Like, what? What's the problem with that? Maybe he has an implant in him that lets him do that, just like the, just like how he's invisible to sensors. Yeah. Where it's like, but like his neurons should be being converted to energy. Yeah, I mean, what, so he what can't people don't send messages from his brain is like his... that's like next level miming. Like once you get to a certain level of miming, you can like break out a transporter. Oh, damn. He's trained in all the deadly combats. Aikido, <laughs> Judo, uh, that thing from, from Equilibrium, and then Mimery. So he's Gunkata. just... 
Taser cutter. It's great, <laughs> it's great if he just throws out like a phaser pack halfway down this hallway. Just <laughs> yeah, and does a little loop and reloads and halfway. Slides through. into it, and, like keys it, like jams it into again. Uh, it's good stuff. So there, I mean, there's some. Wild... God, I, w- I want to see him and Warf do like the final scene oh, yeah. with like the two pistols, but like with phasers. Yeah. Oh man. And I want I want it to look like really badass, and like the finishing looks like it would have killed them, but like it really does nothing. Like it's just. All right. Well, I guess that we're done. You're you're you lost. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they were on stun. So he's anyway. never had a he's never held a phaser before, Enterprise or phaser, but he knows how to yeah. rig it to where it's going to blow, and he also knows it well enough to be able to time it for when the turbo list is going to open. Like what the hell? Yeah. Also, look at this, this. This is Worf going full Hurt Locker, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Hurt. Okay, so Worf is super competent in this episode, and I love it. Um, yeah, it's great. You know, you know, he he seals off. He seals off the the deck because he don't know if he, he doesn't know if he's going to succeed, and he doesn't like yeah. call in a special team. He does it. He knows enough yeah. about how, a phaser on overload to disarm it, and it's good. This guy's an idiot, though. He was guarding the force field. Yeah, he's like, so I sit here and I watch the force field. No, you watch the other side. That's where they're going to come from. <laughs> like, so I just make sure the force field stays on. No, you look away from the force. I mean, everyone. He's just a, he's just a security intern, man. Like he's just trying to. <laughs> He's trying to do uh, Worf, he Worf gets a little communicate in the middle. Oh, some idiot just got knocked out on deck seven. Damn it. Oh, that's just going to come so, up in his review. <laughs> so I love that Rogadar takes out the engineering completely off screen. Yeah. And it's super great. I mean, and you believe it because he's already done enough, right? Like he's already kind yeah. of built up that capability. What I don't believe is this nonsense. So yeah, this after, is nonsense. after this is the yeah, third. Yeah, this is the, yeah. this is just another bit of nonsense because not only is he like messing with space circuit boards on a ship he's never been on, because he asks, yeah. what ship I am on?" Um, he's yeah. data is actually programming countermeasures on the fly, and he's still yeah. able to subvert them. I mean, he's working with hardware, so I mean, granted, but still, it's yeah, a lot. No, it's, a, it's a big yeah, jump. No, that's that's um, Where, that's wacky. It's just wacky. Data's stuff. like, I don't know what he's doing. He's, he's moving. He's moving those little slides around. <laughs> could be anything. I mean, he's moving as a human. And I move, we've already established I move faster than human, but still, it's hard. It could be E. coli. It could be Bacillus. <laughs> could be any sort of microorgan microorganism he's putting in there. It's, our microscopes just aren't that fast. Yeah. So anyway, but no, it's. Like in that, Rogadinar is really competent, yeah. And the TNG crew is real is pretty competent right. in this one. And I like uh, how like, this is. He always kind of stays like. This is how you do it well, you know. He stays yeah. ahead of them every step of the way, and there are stakes, but you don't lose anybody, you know. But he's yeah. he's kind of leading them on this goose chase, but you actually really don't know. You just suspect that. The thing that they say he wants, Shuttle Bay Two, you're like, ah, it probably isn't the thing that he really wants. Yeah, and he's got two phases. This guy is a player character. He's yeah. looting bodies. Yeah, either as he that, goes. either that, or he's about to John Woo it up. I'm surprised he didn't take Jordy's visor. The DM is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. come on, man, have some, have some class. I'll take the visor. That would have been awesome. He's like, why did you take the visor? Oh, it's just really cool. I just, I thought it looked cool. It's got crystals in there, a neural interface with EM spectrum bands, so I can use it as a, a sensor to trigger yeah. a trap or something. Yeah, yeah. So. But um, and every they've got three rounds with Rogadinar, right? Yeah. They got in space, the transporter room, and they got this thing yeah. right here. And, and I, uh, I like how they, I like how they, um, they they assume they already know that he thinks outside the box. So like, wait a minute, is he going to go to Shuttle Bay Two from the outside of the Enterprise? Like, yeah, it's a it's a good like outside the box thinking. And then Jordy um, jumps up the he's a threat. 
Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's like, so, well, we have a security complement, and Jordy's like, double it. Right. And again, it's it's effective. It's in character. It gives Jordy something to do in this episode. Yeah. And uh, again, like they established Rogue Denarwell, and to do that, yeah. the Enterprise crew has to be pretty sharp. So this, yeah, this is like a cat and mouse thing. We're definitely doing kind of like some kind of uh, submarine like chasing. It's kind of like a. a <laughs> A car chase, but for submarines. I can, I can and then, see that, yeah. and then Data like reminds us, "Hey, um, this dude's kind of cunning. Remember, remember how cunning he is? Like maybe we shouldn't be doing the thing he wants us to do." Yeah, I uh, yeah, I just enjoy it, and it's they're all different types of conflicts, and each one of them is they they keep the same theme, uh-huh. which is good because there's not there's a little bit of about not combat here, but yeah, in general, it's fairly subdued. It's it's a thinky action sequence. Yeah, and it's good. I mean, that's kind of how, or at least that's how I kind of look at like submarine sequences. Is that it's very contained, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like the all of the actions that you can't really see happening like hold weight because you know the person that wins, everyone else is just gonna be dead at sea or whatever. Yeah, and the um, this this breaks a chain of three scenes where Rogadinar is in the same place, but it looks like he's in different places. Okay, interesting. They just shoot him. They just shoot him differently on the same little set. Yeah, like I did notice the whole like when he sees that same dude guard guarding, and then like he, they do it from one angle, and then they do it from another angle, but it's really the same scene. Yeah. Not the same exact so, scene, uh, but like the same. <laughs> so oh, also, also we can totally just flood parts of the ship with knockout. Gas. Yeah, That's isn't that a little we weird? And also, should we be concerned? <laughs> <laughs> should we be concerned about uh, Starfleet yeah. culture? Because, yeah, uh, yeah. it's like. All right, computer, what day is it? Thursday. But I went to sleep Monday. <laughs> uh, I, wonder, I wonder what happens. Yeah. I, li- I like that he touches the sticker like he's he's opening it, he's unlocking it or something. Yeah. Way yeah. to commit. Yeah, no, way it's good. The close-up. No so, buttons or anything, but he, he still found a way yeah. to unlock it. And then he got the suit just for, the I guess, the sole purpose of misdirecting us. Yeah, so. um, but it doesn't really kind of tell you like how he survived the gas but i guess some of his space chemicals can counteract sleeping gas i don't know yeah sure why not he doesn't know what it is i mean how would he know about the sleeping gas unless he'd already inhaled the sleeping gas yeah maybe he just inhaled a little bit but um <laughs> he, he he took a he took a hit but he never he never inhaled yeah i don't know why how <laughs> very 90s uh, <laughs> hey, I'm i don't know why all the 90s stuff here anyway they they kept the suit folded up when he abandons it yeah. so i don't know why they didn't just unfurl it and be like, yeah, he just used that to survive the gas. So they don't link the gas. Yeah, like that's kind of what I thought. Like he would just use it to survive the gas gas, and then they're just like leaping. Like I kind of would have liked that. And they're just like jumping to assumptions here. Um, you know, What's it like to be the third line of, of the Enterprise's security yeah. staff when you're like in the middle of sleep and you're like, yeah. what? You get to an external airlock to fight a super soldier yeah. from uh, Angosia? Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. And um, this is where we learn that not only uh, Zach Morris is not the only lieutenant um, who is cunning. <laughs> yeah. He's like, so, um, I've, got, I've gotten away again with my rugged good looks and my ability to outthink my... Oh, no, it's Worf. <laughs> Worf. And he's here to monologue. <laughs> Shouldn't you just stun him? Worf. Yeah, just, just stun, stun him. him. Don't monologue. Worf. Worf. Don't, I know don't you're excited. I know, like, I know this him. gets your blood up, but come on, man. Don't Just stun him. <laughs> This is your fucking job, dude. Yeah. All right, well, if he charges you, at least shoot him then, wouldn't you? You don't like you have to hold a cell phone to tell someone this. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't become distracted by the slightest of goddamn things, War, <laughs> you got him. 
You got him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the lights. It it's gone. The distraction. <sighs> See, like, how did he time that perfectly? Like, how did the lights just not go out, like, when the gas was on or something? Like, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, just pure luck on Dinar's part. Yeah, I guess so. He just he, he is a, he is a protagonist. Yeah, that is true. Look at that. See, and Worf's taking some good. Yeah, hits. it's good. I like it at the very least. I mean, I feel like Worf should have been able to win this fight more handedly, and there could have yeah, been like some foot. cunning thing that Renard did to like knock him out. Um, That's because, what he does. Well, he's stronger. I mean, Worf is stronger than a human. Worf is not stronger than cargo crates. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. It's fine that he beats him that way, but like the like Worf should be able to take all of those. He's taken bigger hits, and he, he shouldn't have been kind of down by some of the hits that Ragnar gives him. Uh, I I think Worf gave better than he got, and he if Dinar could have beaten him, Dinar would have left. Yeah, uh, would have would have beaten him instead of running away. Yeah. So again, he's still the underdog here. Yeah. I. I like the irony in the fact that this is where they were trying to transport him in the first place. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. He's like, no, I'll do exactly what my enemy wants me to do, just in a different way. It's good. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how, you know, half a pound of future materials changes this entire scenario? <laughs> so. War is like, you got away again. Use the phaser to power the cargo transporter. Ugh. I hate this Which... guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at what he does. He's clever. Yeah. So, I mean, I, um, on, on the one hand, I know Worf doesn't like kind of being like taking advantage, not taking advantage of, but like doesn't like losing. But I know yeah. that part of him is like enjoying the hunt, whether, yeah. you know, and I love that in this episode, he's been just, we really see how competent a security officer this dude is. He is just doing yeah. all the right moves. Right. Um, up to just stunning Dinar and then yeah 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 once he once he gave into his Klingon blog and started monologuing then it was all over (laughs) yeah look uh, Rogue Dinar like he wakes up in custody okay so you were caught but here's a very important thing before they turned you over to us a Klingon hugged you (laughs) he told us to tell you that he said it was important (laughs) we saw it that was a hug that came right from the heart yeah (laughs) yeah they don't (laughs) Klingons don't hug unless they kill (laughs) so yeah also, another reason the Federation doesn't interfere in other cultures, liability. Yeah. They just let this guy go, and now he's freeing prisoners. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oops. Butterfingers. Here's, here's our staff attorney, Garbox Griebelbox. He will, you will have to consult with him from <laughs> yeah. this point forward. In the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we, as a Federation, invoke our right to an attorney. <laughs> yeah, we can't say anything more about this issue. Yeah. I'm, not, uh, I'm afraid I'm not allowed to comment on ongoing legal matters. What legal matters? Oh, yes, we've attorneyed up. <laughs> we've lowered up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's his email. We're, <laughs> we're going to be unavailable for the next day while we take depositions. It's, uh, it's a pretty bad boo-boo up here, guys. It's a pretty bad one. <laughs> so, I mean, here, this is interesting. You know, he's got a, he's got a, doing the walk, and he's trying to get information, but he's getting it from Troy. Like, this doesn't happen. Yeah. I know, it's good. It's good. I, and she lays out the stakes for us. Yeah. And Riker's like, you know what? I give up. This is the part. This is the moment where Riker gives up with Picard this. going on yeah. away. Like, like, he's like, yeah. I like he's like, and I didn't know how to read this. On the one hand, it, it kind of felt like mother Riker mother hindering. But on the other hand, it kind yeah. of felt like Riker telling Worf to do his job. Like, of course he's going to protect the captain. Who do you think he is? But, I, I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I'm kind of... Cu- I'm inclined. I'm inclined to like yeah. more. I'm inclined to believe more that it's it's Riker, Mother Henning. So here we have like the, them like yeah. getting to uh, the floor here, and it's uh, yeah, 
it's it's pretty funny. They're like, hey, this is all you got? Four people? Well, three <laughs> people in Troy? <laughs> you never bring Troy on away missions when there's combat involved. Hey, you don't know. She's an alien. She can punch the, your yeah. chest. Yeah, I, yeah, I would love but, it if she's like, oh, really? And she just like, Professor Xavier's everyone, like just like does a mind shriek and everyone just like clutches their heads and like falls on the floor. Or even better, he's like, she could punch through your chest. Yeah. That is, she can tear out your heart. <laughs> Metaphor. <laughs> so. Mzadi, that's enough. You're talking too much. Here they are. <laughs> but here we get like the attitudes of the local Angosians who are apparently, as we predicted in the original, all dicks. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, they're, they're, they're like, yeah. hey, look, we did all this stuff and um, we could have researched how to do it, but we're like, we studied it. We know the theory, but we, we never did a feasibility tried. study. We it read died some in books. We read some books. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it was, it was super necessary to win the war because the war was super yeah. bad, you guys. And Worf, it's one of the wars in Star Trek you yeah. never see. And Worf, it's pretty bad. Worf was, was, I liked how Worf said, did you, he's like, okay, it was, an, it was a risk you accepted. Did you tell that risk to the volunteers? Um, yes, informed consent. Right, exactly. You know, it doesn't. It, it is not just about sex. It's about how you, how every <laughs> every people of authority interface with other people. Yeah, even even the devil has this down there. Yeah, yeah, like, dude. He's got contracts. He's the he was the first one to let you hang yourself on your own petard. Like that's the best way. <laughs> the best way is to let them hang themselves. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it was cost effective. And then this guy loses all sympathy for the government. Yeah, what if we need you have like again? that one dude like that like fast ropes down. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. But they're all hey like guys, commando it's looking me. here. It's fast good. rope Jones. And I was a little late, but this code is totally cool. Uh, why does he do that? Why did you only have one guy fast roping? Shouldn't you have had everyone fast roping? Like, no, um, he just really likes the fast rope. Like, that's just his name. <laughs> we, we, they don't give us a lot of pro- ropes in the military prison. Go figure. Yeah. So here we go. Mm. He's like saying, oh, well... Uh, uh, like like I uh, just fight against us. We just want to die in a blaze of glory. Like that's what we wanted. And Picard's like, nope, don't engage. Don't engage. No, it's fine. And you think Picard yeah. like has this big master stroke. Like like the the leader oh, also, dude he, he just blew a giant hole in the wall. Yeah. But like in Gosian architecture such that that's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so, okay. It's okay. Go on. Um, I'm sorry, you're saying about Picard's master plan? Yeah, well so he's gonna uh, like he the the leader dude the guy with the mustache is like no Picard's got this I've seen this I've heard this man's reputation so um, let yeah. let him do it he's gonna do some things and we're gonna come back on top no problems <laughs> but Picard's he's gonna really give like, one of those Picard speaches it'll be fixed <laughs> yeah, exactly he's like yeah man Denar is so the in the wrong here Picard's gonna the put him dude's in place. magic I've heard uh, just one of these speeches and these guys are just gonna back down it's gonna be brilliant I'm just waiting for it <laughs> you wait for it Denar any moment now you're gonna reevaluate your life decisions. <laughs> And like so he great. walks up all <laughs> cocky. He's like, see, just return to Lunar 5 and everything will be fine. We'll negotiate. Right, Picard? Yeah. And then, Put down your weapons <laughs> and all your leverage and we're going to start negotiating yeah. like we did before you had weapons. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. And um, he's like, yeah, uh, Captain, you have to do something. Um, I totally set you up for this line and, and you didn't take it. He's like, no, no, that was the line. What you just said, that was the line. <laughs> the whole asking for help, that was the line I was waiting for. Now we're leaving. <laughs> Top 10 anime betrayals. Look at that face. <laughs> and he's like, wait, we heard, your, we heard your reputation. You're supposed to solve these problems. Oh, I am. <laughs> yep. This is going to be a short one. <laughs> Fix it. And I like how Start he says, like, no, we can't interfere. And I, I suppose in the next few minutes, your government is going to develop significantly. It's part, 
Mr. O'Brien, if you could please beam down a microphone for me to draw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Just, just uh, yeah, beam down a microphone. Yes, three meters in the air. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Not only that, but your federation's your application's been declined. Yeah. And you know, don't get, call us. We get like the we'll poignant kind of look from Lieutenant Zach Morris. You know, he's like, "Hey, look, the mm-hmm. dude like kept his word. We're gonna we're gonna be able to take this chance that we've crafted for ourselves." They've done good by this guy. Yeah. So, um, it's a good one. It's a good one. I'm reevaluating a lot of decisions I made in my life. <laughs> so. uh, but yeah, it's good. I love, you know, you, you got to love it when uh, Picard can kind of turn the tables and like a dude that some bureaucrat that did a wrong thing uh, gets his comeuppance. It's good stuff. Yeah. I, and this is the sort of thing that TNG gets a lot of crap for. Everyone's on the bridge now. We're having a denouement. And they're like, Yep, now we're just going to sail away and never go back to Ngoja. Yeah. It'll be great. It's like, um, okay, there might be some consequences for your actions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, all right. Don't you think the Federation might have uh, some questions or at the very least like want to kind of do a post-mortem on the event and like kind of write some new protocols? It'd be great if there was an admiral who's like, Picard, I reviewed your report of Ngoja. You, um, I saw they invoked the Prime Directive, and then when they needed you, you invoked the Prime Directive back. High five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I try to... And this is the problem with cadets today. I tell them of your exploits, and they don't take this seriously. Every time I show them a Picard speech, they just ignore it. And one and not the other. Kids these days. You know, do you know that 8 out of 10 students in the class of 68 were completely unable to turn a prime director situation ironically? <laughs> this is the worst? I, don't, I the just worst. don't know what to do with them. I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> Like, it's hard to teach dramatic timing. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, yeah, we're, just... we're lagging behind the Romulans. They have the best dramatic timing. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, so final thoughts. Uh, so, I like The Hunted. Um, it, it's kind of my jam because I enjoy espionage stuff. Um, uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of MacGyver as a kid, so a competent escape artist is is definitely... Rambo. It's like Rambo. Rambo. <laughs> That's what you the most remember. obvious. It's the same fucking okay. story. I almost, it's a I veteran almost, on the run from cops. I, like, I, I, I'm, li- I'm not lying to you when I say this. When you were trying to place it, I was like, surely he's not thinking about Rambo. Yeah, no, it's probably Fuck something yeah. else. <laughs> Because I thought that was the obvious one. I didn't want to insult your intelligence, but you, you definitely were thinking around. I, I appreciate okay. that. Thank you, Derek. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, no, it's the exact story. <laughs> anyway, you know, so I, I'm, I'm about that. I, and I, you know, anything that, you know, people, you know, when, like, I, I guess the thing that I really feel is poignant um, for me is, is when you have a story in which somebody spins some time in their life as a coin to get something in return. And the, the thing that they want is a good thing or the thing that they want is a noble thing. And they get it, but they don't get it kind of the way they were thinking and they don't get it without some baggage or they don't get it without some yeah, cost. And they come like back the and they stuff. have kind of like a, a new respect for the thing that they wanted and a new respect for how to get it. And um, there are some people that kind of interface with that person and they don't understand kind of all these nuances and I like I love that. For me, it's very poignant because it, it shows the journey of this important thing that you want. And that's kind of what we have here is you want safety. You want to be free from enemies, but that does come at a cost. And you can't just say, oh, you people go protect me. Oh, you're done protecting me? Okay, be gone with you. We don't have any more need for you. I mean, that's not how it Economics works. Is, it should, that's not how it should work, no. Yeah, that's not how it should work. 
Uh, but anyway, so this is this is a great episode. I, I I enjoyed it. I like seeing Worf being super competent. I like seeing Troy kind of. She could get. She could have gotten utilized more, but I like seeing her get utilized in this way. I think that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you definitely there have definitely been more situations where they could have done this. That the cinematography in this episode is really good. It helps move the story along. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. Cliff Bowl, yeah, yeah. He was the director for this one, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the dude studied studied his kind of uh, fight scenes uh, at least a little bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. So, um, yeah. Was that your final thoughts? Yep. All right. I has some structural flaws, but it's it's worth suffering those flaws. Yeah. It's a good ensemble episode. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely more TNG's wheelhouse. So, um, I guess next time, what do we got? The high ground. Um, like so, what we get right from now. like Netflix is um, they're in some kind of meeting room. It kind of looks like I don't know, like some sort of embassy, I guess. And you see Crusher and Data, and they're on top of like a, a like they're administering to a man that looks like he's been caught in some kind of explosion or something there's like rubble on the ground there's like smoke in the background so you kind of get the sense like a bomb just went off um mm-hmm. and this is what we get from accurate Netflix. um while visiting a planet under civil war dr crusher is taken hostage by an opposing faction of the planet's ruling government dr crusher episode oh, okay interesting yeah um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I haven't really seen one of these in a while, so um, I don't know yeah. what to expect. <laughs> Fair enough. We don't know anything about her other than that she's Wesley's mom, she's the doctor, and she has a good credit score. So we're going to learn more <laughs> next week. So uh, until then, remember, remember Rand. Rand. Hey, I'll make this short because everyone hates credits. Star Trek is owned by CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures. We watch Star Trek on Netflix, we hold our conversations on Google Hangouts, and we record with Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. All files are hosted on vanvelding.com, hosted by DreamPress, powered by WordPress. If you have any questions or comments about the Beige and the Bold, please feel free to leave a comment at vanvelding.com or tweet at vanvelding. Thank you, and remember, Rand.